part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Today's teaching is by Pastor Daryl Ruiz. Good morning. How is everybody? Hey, come on. Good morning. How is everybody? I I am good. I am good. As you can tell, Daryl is not here today. Daryl is under the weather. Daryl is the pastor. Daryl is under the weather, and he asked me to... uh, to come and, and share my testimony, and, and I've uh, expanded that a little bit um, with some with some scripture and some other things. I, I'm going to try to talk and, and sit, but I don't know how well that's going to work. Um, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably not going to stay in the seat long. Uh, I, I just uh, I'm a fidgety kind of guy, and uh, I get hyped up, I get excited. Uh, as I said earlier, Daryl came down with with a bug, and uh, he wasn't doing well, and he asked me to to come and and talk and share and and I'm excited because uh I feel like the Lord is trying to do some things in my life and and this is just another opportunity for me to uh get up and and practice my speech and skills and uh and just talk and share the the love of the Lord. I think this video that we just played is so awesome because um the verse that I wanted to start out with is is uh is a tough one where uh it was talking to a church and and uh, it's in Revelations. I'm sorry, the guys don't, they didn't know what I was going to speak on, so it's not going to be on the board. So if you don't have your Bible, there's some under the, the benches. Um, but we're going we're gonna to read out of, first verse we're going to read is Revelations three fifteen through 17. Um, and, and I think it goes right along with what uh, this video was about and, and, and what my testimony is about and, and what the life of Christians should be about. Um, you know, across denomination lines, across you know, just Christ followers. That this this verse here is is a tough one to swallow. So, Revelations uh, three fifteen through seventeen. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now, as we talk about the Christianity today, you know, and I think this guy here spoke about it so well as, hey, where are we? How can a monk be out there doing what we need to do? You know, in your walk every day, whether you're, you know, working in the private sector, the public sector, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom and you, you see people out, you know, what is your walk? Where, do, where does people see you? Um, so for y'all, my name is Jeff Grant, uh, originally from Orlando, Florida, born and raised there. Um, I have a beautiful wife who's probably taking care of our granddaughter right now, um, Sherry. I have three girls, Laura, who's 21, Krissa, who's 19, Rory Faith, who's eight. And yes, I have a granddaughter who's 10 months old, Alexia Grace. Um, born and raised in Orlando, mom and dad are still married. I have an older brother, a younger brother. Uh, if they die today, they all go to hell. Pretty simple. It's, uh, it's an ugly, a harsh statement to say, but if they die today, they all would go to hell and I'd never see them again. And that's where my story kind of, kind of comes you know, full circle. Everyone has a story. Do you know yours? Can you speak it? Can you talk about it? Is there that defining line that that in your life that shows 
This is the before, this is the new. And, and y'all, are, I pray that y'all see that in, in, in my story, and some of y'all know me a little bit deeper. Um, I, today, I don't want to glorify the sin that, that I did. Um, I'm not proud of it. Um, uh, it is who I was. It kind of formed my early life and, and, and really changed who I am today because I never, ever, ever, ever want to put on those old clothes again. Never. And, and I pray that your walk is the same way. And as you walk out of here today, uh, you know, I can be harsh because it's not my church. You know, so if you, if you, if you feel like, I pray you fill out your comment card before I'm done. That way Daryl won't, you know, give me a call today. You know, at least I'll have a couple of days to, to, to get over it. Um, but we have to be that way with each other. We have to be that way with this book right here because this is the truth. This is the book. Um, so I was a great kid. I mean, I thought I was a great kid. I graduated number five in my class down in Orlando, Florida. The high schools down there probably roughly have 4,000 people in it, kind of like Mill Creek, it, you know, for an area up here, a large high school. I graduated number five. Smart guy, you know. Um, but, you know, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done, you know. Um, but on that point, which kind of hurt my heart as I, I grew older, you know, the people that I associated with, um, the bad ones, but also the good ones, no one ever shared the good news with me. No one ever did. So if I would have died, I would have went to hell. Real simple. And I'm, you know, I'm okay with that now. Obviously, the Lord had a plan for me, and he protected me many, many times for me to allow me to get to this 39 years of age. But, you know, as I look back, none of them shared. None of them shared the good news with me. And I don't understand why. And as I look in this room right here, you know, think about it. How many of y'all shared the good news lately? Not to be a downer, but it's a fact of life. How many of you shared the good news? How many know when you leave the Publix grocery store, Kroger, Walmart, your job, you know, the gas station, you come into contact with someone, how do they know? Do they, they walk away from you saying there's something different about that guy, that girl, that child? If not, shame on you. Shame on you. Um, but it, I didn't know. That's not an excuse because I had book smarts. I knew that there was something out there, but I didn't know. You know I didn't know how freeing it was. I thought I was a good guy, made good grades, you know, helped my mom and dad, helped my brothers. I thought it was good. So fast forward several years, um, I, was, I, was, I was married. I had two daughters um, before I was age 19. I'm not proud of it, but you know what? I wouldn't change it for today because those two girls are, are awesome. But you know what? They, I'll try not to get emotional. They are saddled with my sin. And I'm okay to say that. Their lives are not as easy as they should be because of the life I live. And I I struggle with that. But I know my Heavenly Father has washed it all the way as I get to that point of this story. Um, But to fast forward that a little bit, I I was married. You know, I worked. I provided. At 19, I had a house. I had two girls. I thought I had it. You know, new cars, great job. I did it. Jeff Grant did it. That's my thought. And I know that's some of the thoughts in this room today that I did it. But I didn't do it. 
Fast forward, my, my wife, um, she got uh, into some, some bad stuff, um, drugs, um, some other stuff that, you know, just bad. And uh, so I filed for a divorce. So while all this was going on, I was a, a dad trying to take care of two little girls um, and work and do all that stuff. And a gentleman came around the neighborhood and goes, hey, uh, you know, what about sending your girls to to church. I'm like, man, okay, this is an opportunity for me to be a, a better dad is, hey, y'all go, and this is my free time at the house to kind of get myself back together uh, of, of being or, or get some chores done around the house because I'm a single dad taking care of two girls, trying to work and trying to do a lot of stuff. So I thought I was doing the right thing. I put them on, uh, on the little church bus that came around. Girls go have a great time. They come home. They just had a great time. To, to, to move forward from there, Brother Robert from the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Pine Hills, Florida, he saw something in me that I didn't see. So once again, I didn't know much about church. I'd never been to church. Um, that's sad. At 19 or at 20, no, this is in my mid-20s. I mean, I'd never been to church. Never. I'd, I'll be honest, I thought it was a cult. I just thought someone wanted my money to tell me how did I need to do this and this and this. And, you know, judge other people. That's what I thought. Brother Robert thought something different. He would pick the girls up. He would take them to, to, to church. He would come back um, and look for me. Knock on my door. I would hide. He would try to come in my backyard. I would hide. Um, I, mean, I was like freaked out. I'm like, hey, this guy is wacko. But you know what? Brother Robert wasn't lukewarm. Brother Robert was on it. He saw a lost sheep out there, and he wanted to bring him back or introduce him for the first time. And I'm, I kid you not, I was petrified of this gentleman. I'm like, why is this guy coming here on Sundays, on Wednesdays? I'm cutting the grass. He's opening the gate, coming in the backyard. I'm like, oh, man, you're right. It is a cult, you know. But, um, I mean, I was struggling, um, once again, I thought I was a good person. I, I, I was doing all the things I thought I needed to do. Um, 1999, I broke down in the driveway of my yard with Brother Robert, and, and I said the prayer. Uh, so, you know, I went to the church, maybe for the second time, and, and got baptized. Um, that was in 1999. Uh, still going through the divorce, still trying to take care of my children. Um, a lot of things were going on. At that point, I probably I was the lukewarm because I hadn't shed. I mean, I made the transformation. I truly believe it, but I didn't change my lifestyle. I, you know, Brother Robert was trying to mentor me and disciple me, um, and uh, and I still had some of those habits. I, I get it. Um, come I, 2000, I had my 10-year high school reunion. Um, I met a good buddy of mine that I went to school with. Both of us were, were divorced and had children. Um, and lo and behold, he had a sister. Um, and the Lord is so awesome. Uh, the, big, the whole story from A to Z, we went to high school together. I didn't know who she was. I had no idea. I thought I was too cool to know who this young lady was. I knew her brother. I knew some other people. The Lord is so awesome. We worked at the same place. And I still didn't know her. I mean, they said, hey, this young lady at the bank knows you. I'm like, no, she doesn't. She doesn't know me. 
Yeah, she does. No, she doesn't. Um, and the Lord just continued to orchestrate some stuff, and, and, and Sherry and I became, became friends via her, her brother. Um, and once again, raising two little girls, my girls never, ever saw another lady um, in my life. Not that I had any, um, but they never saw any. And, uh, you know, so when, when Sherry came, came, they were already friends with, with her niece and, and fast forward. And, and we were just friends. We were truly just friends. I mean, she, she, was going through, she was going through some stuff. She had some baggage. I had tremendous amount of baggage. Um, and, and we were just friends. We could be honest and open with each other and kind of the same way we need to be when we're trying to share the word of Christ with other people. Um, we, we were out together on, uh, on a good Friday. Our job allowed us to be off on good Friday, and we went to, to hang out together on good Friday, and we looked at each other, and we said, hey, what are we doing? You know, either we're going to stay this way or we're going to get married. There is no dating. There is no nothing. So on that day on good Friday on, uh, in, in 2001, we said, hey, look, all right, this is it. We're getting married. You know, I mean, it was that simple. We, we, you know, and uh, but I had a house, and I kind of pushed her off to say, "Hey, when when I get a contract on the house, we'll get married." Um, in December two thousand one, the Lord blessed me with way far more than I ever, 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 ever deserved. A beautiful bride that loves the Lord more than more than me. And, and ladies and gentlemen, part of your marriage, you know, spouses, you need to understand your spouse needs to love the Lord first and you second. If you're not okay with that, get over it. It's a fact. They have to be vertical with God before they can be with you. And that is a fact. And I'll, I'll say something else, guys. You know, I believe that your wife should be your best friend. They should be your best friend. You can have some of those guy friends, your spouse, husband's wife, your spouse needs to be your best friend. Fast forward. Um, Soon after we got married, um, Sherry ha- had a disease called fibromyalgia. Um, she was working, work, stress, you know, being an instant mom to two little, two adolescent girls um, wasn't good for her body and, uh, and also good for our girls. So we made the decision after praying about it, praying about it, praying about it, for her to stay home. Um, you know, me, you know, a money guy, a financial guy, hey, it's not going to work. We're taking two salaries, cutting them in half, buying a new house. How is this going to work? The Lord says, don't worry. Do not worry. Um, we made the decision for her to stay home. And uh, what a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. Um, and, and as we talk about that, of, of, of trusting him, I was still doing some things I shouldn't be doing. I love to gamble. I did. I was a bookie. I like taking people's money. I like sports. I love sports. Well, I don't say love because we use that word too loosely. I really enjoyed, enjoyed sports. And I, I knew a lot about sports. So my place of employment, I would bring bookie cards. And I would pass them out. And people would give me money. And they would never get the money back because it was too hard to win. Um, but the more and more we prayed, and we're going to look at, uh, right now we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through 7. Except, I'm sorry guys, there's nothing on the screen to, to look at. Um, but it talks about being a stumbling block. 
And, and as I was growing in my Christianity, I didn't want to be a stumbling block. I, I worked in a warehouse. If for any of y'all know that where, what warehouses, there's a big different dynamics in the warehouse of, of what happens and, and, and things like that. And, and I was kind of a leader. I was kind of a, a leader of the chaos that was there. So for me, um, the Lord really laid on my heart, Jeff, you have to give up. You have to just drop it, cold turkey. Um, so I went to work one day on a, Friday, on, a, on a Monday when I was supposed to have the cards, and they go, Jeff, where's the cards? I'm done. No, you're not. They're just not in. No, I'm done. And, and, and for a lot of them, it was real tough to understand that I had to make this stand for my, me and my family, that I had to make this stand, that that extra income, though I needed it very badly, wasn't going to work in my family wasn't going to work with me trying to chase the Lord and, and be the best and great servant that I need to be to him. Um, so in Second Corinthians 6, 3 through 7, um, this, Paul's talking about hardships. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance and troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, in riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in severe love, in sincere love. When we look at that, none of us should want to be a stumbling block. None of us. And, and one of the things that, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit later as well, is, is as, we, as we go through, as we go through our life, we can make Christianity, we can make following and being a Christ follower real simple. Everything we do falls into two buckets. Either you do it for the Lord or you do it against the Lord. It's real simple. The food we eat that we put into this temple is either for the Lord or against the Lord. What we put in through our eyes, our ears, is either for the Lord or against the Lord. It's real simple. It's just two buckets. Where we spend our money, same thing. We can think, have that mentality that, that I did it, that Chris did it, that Adam did it. We can, we can think those things that we've done it so we can spend it the way we want to spend it. But think about it. How are you spending your money? Is it for the Lord or against the Lord? That's a tough. Go back to, to the Revelations thing. Are you hot, are you cold, or are you lukewarm? Where are you? Where are you spending your time? Is it for the Lord or against the Lord? The TV's great. Relaxes you. Are y'all sharing the gospel? What's on that TV? I mean, for some of us, the older generation, they never said any of the bad words or showed the body parts they show today. You turn on the TV today, it is awful. What do your conversations look like in your home? Is it for the Lord or against the Lord? We'll talk about that in a little bit. So, you know, so I went cold turkey on, on gambling. I, I, I changed the music I listened to at work. You know, they said, Jeff, you're crazy. I'm like, you're right. I am. I got to. I got to. Sherry says, hey, it's time to have a baby. I'm like, it is. We just split our income in half. 
bought a new house, and you're saying it's time to have a baby. I'm like, can't we wait just till we get some of this stuff paid off? You know, she, you know, she, she, I was like, hey, we already got two. Nah, it, it really didn't work that way. So once again, we prayed and we prayed, and, and, and the Lord blessed us with a pregnancy. Um, and uh, everything was going well. It seemed like the best thing ever. Um, three months before she was, um, two and a half months before she was the quote, quote, due date that we like as human beings, as the flesh, to tell us when the baby should come. You know, but once again, it's a blessing from the Lord. And when the baby comes, that's the intended time for the baby to come. Um, and we haven't figured that out as, as, as people yet. Um, but two and a half months before Rory faced uh, due date, Sherry started bleeding. And they couldn't figure out why. And they couldn't, they couldn't stop the bleeding, um, which isn't good. Um, so we spent, we spent a week in the hospital trying to control contractions, trying to give her shots to increase lung growth and, and a whole bunch of other medical stuff. Um, and during this time, you know, we had a church family back at home that supported us like nothing I've ever seen. Cut the grass, painted the baby's room, just all this stuff. Took care of our two daughters. Um, why I lay there, why I stay at the hospital 24-7 with my lovely bride. Um, and the neat thing about that is, 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 is the Lord is so awesome. He shielded Sherry from all the stuff. She had no idea that she could have died. That she was, I mean, there was so much blood. I don't mean to make anyone sick or any of that stuff. There was just so much blood coming out of her body. And, of course, me as a husband, as I have to do some of the stuff, she's like, how bad is it? Oh, it's not bad at all. Don't worry. Just rest. You're good. Um, but just the support of our, our church family. And, and Roy Faith was, was, was born two months premature. Um, but how awesome the, our Lord is, is she was five pound, over five pounds at two months early. You know, another blessing, we stayed in Orlando, Florida at Winnie Palmer, one of the greatest hospitals in the world for, for women and children. She had an awesome NICU, ladies in there that would just hold her while we couldn't be there and just love on her. All this because the Lord is so awesome and he loves us and we're so undeserving and we don't realize it. Uh, it is just he he just kept going and going as as our walk as as, as our maturity kept going he kept going um, we went to a fabulous church we went to a mega church down in Orlando twelve thousand members um, private school our girls went to a private school for a couple years um, I had I, me personally I had some great mentorship with a, a gentleman named John Ridenauer and Greg Lockie kind of took me under their wings and. And, and developed me and loved on me and showed me what it meant to be a, a godly man and a godly husband. Um, and, and we thought we were doing a lot of good stuff. We helped in the youth. We did some of that stuff. Um, and then we, in 2006, we made a decision that, hey, look, we got to step outside of the box. We have to do some things differently. Um, all of our family lives in Orlando. We, we, we called everybody together on a, on a, on a weekend and said, hey, y'all, we're, uh, we're moving to Georgia. I said, why? The Lord told us to. They said, well, what are you going to do for work? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Who lives in Georgia? I don't know. Georgians, you know. Um, But everybody lives in Orlando, and they're like, y'all are crazy. We're like, yep, we are. It's time for us to step outside of uh, of that boat 
and walk on water. Now, once again, me being a, a kind of controlling kind of guy that I am, I said, we're going to do it. So I came up here. Um, I had a, had a job, took a pay cut, came up here, stayed in extended stay for several weeks. Oh, my goodness. Extended stays. The only one, I apologize. Um, that's a different breed right there, to stay in extended stay. But I, I'm a family guy. I don't like to travel. I miss my girls. Um, we were running out of money. I, I took a pay cut. Um, you know, Jeff Grant thought I needed to make $200,000 on the sale of my house in Orlando. That was Jeff. The Lord didn't think I needed to make $200,000 off the sale of my house in Orlando. So he let me sweat it out. And uh, a couple, Tom and Karen Hayslip up in uh, the coming area, were gracious enough to allow me to stay in their basement. They didn't know me. They didn't know anything. I met him at Bass Pro Shop one day, and I said, I need a place to stay. He says, come tonight. I'm like, for real? Yeah, come tonight. I'm like, I don't get off till midnight. I'll wait up for you. I mean, he don't know me. He goes, hey, I'm going to bed. Go upstairs and sleep. When you wake up, my wife Karen will be here. She'll give you whatever you need. I'm like, okay, great. I hope you are crazy. You know, I know I'm not crazy, you know, but you just, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, they were awesome family, awesome family. They let all of my family come up. We lived in their basement for several months as our house over here in, uh, in Jackson County was being built. Um, once again, I still thought I needed to make $200,000. My house in Orlando hadn't sold. My house up here is almost done. I'm in a little bit of a quagmire of what to do. So the flesh of me saying, Jeff, just go back home. Just go back home. Don't worry about it. Just drop what you got up here. Obviously, it's not, y'all misread the Lord. You don't need to be here. Uh, called some of my gentleman friends back at home. Um, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And I said, you know what? It's me. So I called an investor, said, here, here's a house. You tell me what you'll pay for it, and you can have it. So I didn't make $200,000. But guess what? I closed on both houses on the same day because the Lord is good. He is good all day, every day. If we allow him. I wasn't allowing him. Um, we, 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 we were up in a church up here. Um, we were serving um, in the youth. I was teaching a young marriage class. You know, we were doing what we thought. Christ followers should do. Um, just going through the motions, loving on people, saying hello. And uh, once again, we got that itch of saying, hey, look, guys, you got to do something different. You got to do something bigger. We had, um, I said, no, I'm not ready yet. He said, yes, you are. So he kind of pushed us out of that boat. Um, and we started, uh, Sherry and I and another couple, we started a nonprofit called I Serve Ministries. Our goal is to bring church and community together. And I think the, the plan that Daryl and the, the elders brought forth a couple weeks ago, man, I was just giddy inside like a little seven-year-old kid who got a new batch of Legos. I mean, for me, that's like cool. You know, how can we touch the community? Because these walls are great. They are. I'll never say they're not. But what are we doing out there? How do we get out there? So our big, our big thing was, hey, yeah, we're going to start this ministry. We're going to rock the world. I was excited. We stepped away. I visited 90 million churches in the Jackson County area trying to see what their ministry, what they were doing as outreach, whether local, whether global. And it's funny how things work. So we do that. We get it rolling. We get a name. 
we're getting ready to get started. April 15th, I'm at work, tax day. I get a phone call from my lovely bride. She has some results but came back from the doctor. Okay, what's up? I have cancer. Are you kidding me? No, I got cancer. April 15, 2011. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? She's 35 years old. How do you have breast cancer at 35 years old when there's no, no history of it? Um, what a whirlwind to find out the love of your life, your best friend, could die. It was tough. So another verse we're going to read right now is, is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Um, but, you know, the Lord is so awesome. I mean, once again, he shielded Sherry from so much of this. I mean, she was so at peace. She made me feel at peace. And, and, and our Lord is so awesome as well. 1 Thessalonians 5, um, 16 through 18. Put my sticky note over it. Um, maybe not. What did I write down? First Thessalonians. I want to say give thanks. What am I reading? 16. 16 through 18. I'm sorry. Not 15. 16 through 18. Be joyful always. That's a tough one. Be joyful always. We have bad days. But the Lord tells us to be joyful always because we have eternity, not this tent that we're living in. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We have cancer. People ask us, how can y'all smile? What do you want us to do? Our Lord is going to take care of us. And I'll be honest. I told people many times, if it's the Lord's will to take her, it's the Lord's will. Will it stink? It'll stink. But you know what? I have to trust in him. He brought us so many doctors. He gave us so many opportunities to share with people, whether it was in the induction room of chemotherapy, whether it was because both of us were bald, whether, you know, it is right, yes. We had pictures taken at picture people in the mall. Two bald people. And the lady's like, what are y'all doing? We're having fun. We're having fun. He allowed something to happen to us, and we're going to make the best of it. And we just walk through it, walk through it, walk through it. This family here as well, this congregation, this, this church family here supported us so much as well friends back at home and the silliness of Facebook and, and she's a blogger and she's all this stuff. So just for her to write these stories and then have people email her back or call her and says, you know what? You and your husband strengthened me today. That's what it's about. Whether you're hot, you're cold, you're lukewarm, he wants us to be hot for him. He doesn't want the stumbling blocks. He wants us to, to love on him. Not that we didn't have enough going on. When we were diagnosed with cancer and going through these very expensive treatments and once again, somehow we still had money in the check account to, to pay all these bills and to do this and, and make 90 million trips to Northeast Georgia Hospital, which is a blessing of a hospital. <laughs> we find out amongst all this, our unmarried 19-year-old daughter 
is pregnant. Now, as a church leader, a, 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 a deacon at a different church, man, automatically Jeff Grant says, what do people think of me? What kind of dad? What kind of Christian? What kind of deacon? Daughter gets pregnant at 19 years old. You know what? It wasn't about me. People are out there doing stuff they shouldn't do every day. We tried to explain to her, hey, look, this precious little thing inside of your stomach Inside of your tummy is a blessing from the Lord. Now, what you do with it is different. So we walked her through some different options of blessing another family with a baby, or if she's going to keep it, we'd be there to support her. We'd walk her through it. And we also think the bigger picture is that the Lord brought this little baby, this Lexi Grace, this precious, precious little bundle of joy to help my best friend walk through this terrible disease that we call cancer. As a husband, would I have done it differently? Of course, because I could fix everything. Because I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a guy, I could fix it. I would have thought differently about giving my 19-year-old daughter a baby. I would have. But it didn't work that way. So once again, I would never ever compare myself to Job. I'm not even close to Job. But this stuff is happening. And for a dad that loves the Lord with all of his heart, more than I can tell you guys, I started to sit there and say, you know what? I give up. You, you are not going to attack my wife. You're not going to attack my daughters. Come after me. Come get me. It didn't work that way, though. It didn't. And for me, once again, that's a heavy burden that Jeff Grant carries. That my wife is scarred. My wife went through stuff I'll never understand. My daughter almost died after delivering this little baby. But he is awesome. He is so wonderful. And we got to realize that. So once again, we'll go back to it. I'm going to be hard on y'all. Are you cold? Are you hot? Are you lukewarm? What are you doing? When you walk out of here today, is it going to be what you're doing for the Lord? Or against the Lord. It's simple. Two buckets. Black and white. Us as Christ followers, we got to get out of this lukewarmness. We'll fast forward a little bit more. Um, that's what I just talked about. Who around you? We all have those people. I like to talk. Daryl told me 25 minutes. I'm already past, so I apologize. But we're not past that pivotal 12 o'clock yet. I got a couple minutes. So I know some of y'all are stomachs already burbling up saying, hey, it's food time. I apologize. I'm not done. He's not done. It's nothing about me. I didn't pray this before, but one of my prayers is always that let the meditations of my heart and the word of my mouth never be of me, but of him. I wrote a lot of stuff down. I have no idea if I talked about the stuff that's on this paper because he loves to take over my body and just spit out jargon. Um, but all of us have somebody close to us, around us, family members, people at work, people at the supermarket, people at the playground, people at church that need to know about Jesus. Once again, statistics, I'm a statistics kind of guy, 2%. So I don't know, there's probably 50 of us in here. One, one of us shared Christ in the last six months. That's tough. That's a tough statement. Like I said, congregation, guest, 
Please come back and hear Daryl. Um, <laughs> um, but as a, as a church body, my passion, my love is, is for people. Um, some of the things that, that you know, our, our ministry is trying to do is, is, is we, we, we deliver backpacks to the elementary schools right now. As we know, the, ec- the economic situation in, in, in the world, in Jackson County, is rough. The Lord laid it on our heart that we need to feed kids. Every week, we drop off backpacks full of non-perishable goods. The social workers at several schools here in the, Jackson, in the county of Jackson County, and uh, they take them home and, and, and they eat. That's just a small point. That's a small part. What are you? What is your family? What is your children? What is your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews? What do they know about serving? Awesome ministry. I, you know, we can say whether it's for the Lord or against the Lord. It's serving pancakes two hours on Saturday. That's it. Two hours. Schools need help every day. It's simple. What do, you, what do you want when you walk out of here today? What do you want people to say about Sherry, about Jeff, about Chris, about Taylor? What is it? Friday, there was a funeral for a 20-year-old kid. Died in a car crash right here in, in Jackson County. Driving with somebody who was drunk, didn't have his seatbelt on, flew through the window, graveyard dead. You know the scary part? He was at our old youth group. We shared with him. I'll be real honest, I can't judge. Nobody in here can judge. He said he understood the great gift, the free gift, the great mystery. But you know what? His life did not show fruit. And once again, when all of us will stand before our heavenly, the heavenly father. All of us will stand there. And he'll say, hey, look, you can go this way. This is my interpretation. You can go this way and spend an eternity with me on the golden streets. No more pain, no more sorrow. But guess what? You didn't make that decision when you were on, when you had the choice. So you get an eternity in a pit of hell. I commended this Pastor Calvin who led the little service. There was a lot of young people in this, this service. He says, you know what? I'll be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know where he's at. He didn't make it rosy. He didn't make it peachy. He didn't make it a nice Sunday with a cherry on top. He says, for all I know, he's in hell. You've got to make the choice. So it goes back to Revelations. Where are you today? Where are you today? What is going to be your staple? What is going to be your point? What is, what, fathers, what is your family? What are your daughters, your sons, your grandsons, your granddaughters? What are they going to say about you? Have they ever seen you? Read this. Have they ever heard you? Share the gospel? Because I wouldn't be here. My friends didn't. Their parents didn't. I should have died and went to hell because some of the stuff I did. Oof. Once again, we're not going to glorify that sin. 
When you walk out of here today, I think Daryl says it so well. We can come here on Sunday, have a good time of fellowship, shake hands, eat some free donuts, drink some coffee, you know. But just because you come to church, you're not a Christian. Just like if you swim in the ocean, you're not a fish. You're not. I'm going to be hard, family. I love y'all. You got to make a choice of what it's going to be. You're all in or you're all out. Like I said, I'm not, I played football. I'm not going to use Daryl's football terms. So I'm going to stick to the gambling terms right now. You're all in or you're all out. You fold and you go home or you know what? You said, here's everything I got, Lord. You take me. You wrap me up. I'm going to serve you like there's no tomorrow. Everything that we do, we need to do it for the Lord. Everything. Whether it's at work, making that peanut butter sandwich your child loves, guess what? Make it like you're making it for the Lord. When you drive, drive like you're driving for the Lord. <laughs> Woo, that's a tough one. But serious, as we, as we go out today, I pray y'all learn a little bit more about me. Um, I pray you understand my heart, my passion, um, and, and this church's passion around one family and of two being that lighthouse in this community where you're not afraid that you're not going to succumb to the pressure of the outside. As Ricky gets ready to come up and as you get Ricky gets ready to come up and play, I'll tell you a quick story. So once again, my mom and dad and my two brothers, they're going to go, they're going to die and go to hell. I shared with them, my dad, my dad can't read or write. Um, my two brothers, uh, they're still chasing the Joneses. They want that American dream. Um, but this is, the Bible tells us this is going to happen. It hurt my heart, but it made me feel good. When, when I became a Christian, and, and, and as we moved to Georgia and really changed our lives, they, uh, they said, Jeff, you changed. And I said, you're right. I did. And they said, well, we don't understand it. We don't want anything to do with you. As a son, it makes me sick to my stomach. As an earthly son. As a heavenly son, I'm like, yes, because I made a difference. Because my old clothes are in the pit, on the fire of hell. My new attire, I know I'm going to spend an eternity in heaven. So if people can't see a difference in who you were to where you are, I'm really scared for you. I am really scared for you. And as, as a church body, we need to love on each other and ask those tough questions of each other. A friend asked me a couple weeks ago, are you any closer to Christ this week than you were last? And you know what? I failed. I'll be honest. I failed that week. But as we close out and then they play the last song, I pray that you walk out of here and just sit there and say, Lord, I am yours. I do have me, Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you personally just for allowing me to be a vessel. I pray that what came out of my mouth was not of Jeff Grant, but was, but was of you. Lord, we continue to pray for Daryl and Kimberly and the boys that, that the sickness is out of their house. Um, and Lord, that, that Lord, the guest here today, Lord, if this isn't for them, that they would find a church home, Lord, that would be soothing for them. 
Lord, as we walk out of here, as we think about revelations and as we think about being stumbling blocks, and Lord, there's so many things that we can sit there and make excuses for, but where are we at? Are we all in or do we fold and go home? Lord, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins because I'm so unworthy. I'm not worthy to be up here speaking in front of these people. Lord, thank you for for loving me when I'm unlovable. Lord, I just pray for all the daddies in here, Lord, and moms, that they would tell their children they love them because the blink of an eye, a life can be taken away. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And all God's people said... Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.